You are listening to Back and Forth, a ping-pong chat about logistics. Brought to you by TGL, Think Global Logistics. You said something in your introduction for which struck a chord with me and I think it will struck a chord with all logistics people listening in or watching this. And that is we stumbled into this industry, mm. right? Um, I would dare say over 90% of us in this industry, we've stumbled upon them. Mm. Um, and, you know, you've been in the industry for a lot longer than I have. Um, I found this job when was answering, looking at the newspaper, I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald in the back mm. pages when you used to have mm. to apply for a job. Mm. And it was uh, promises for international travel. Yeah, <laughs> and it was out about this big. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Um, yeah. And it turned out it was uh, uh, Fritz Flyway at the time. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, and I was a, um, 21 coming out of university mm-hmm. and I was a sales person mm-hmm. or sales trainee role. Didn't mm-hmm. Still didn't know what it was. And, you mm-hmm. know, like, just like you said, six months into it, still didn't know what the hell I was yeah. doing. Yeah. So it definitely I think um, that has been the recurring trend that I – I personally experience and also mm. speaking to folks such as yourself, continue to hear. Mm. And I feel that because of that, this is why our industry haven't been as robust as if, I mean, as required mm. because we don't have really what you call a motivated workforce. Yeah. If you're stumbled into something, you're not really motivated no. to do better. No. Um, and, um, and the world's moved on. You know, mm. the, the requirements from the other side, you know, mm. the customer we serve, they've gone, you know, more advancing their requirements. Mm. And our industry have always somewhat lagged yeah. behind it, always trying to play catch up. And it's not because we don't want to, it's again, going back to the workforce. And my personal views is that, you know, without advocacy, which is your doing, without promoting the industry, without any self-interest, but mm. literally just promoting the industry, yeah. we're not going to improve the talent pool, Yeah. right? We were at a supply chain awards last week in Melbourne and it was really good to hear, you know, about the folks that was at that table. There was a lot of industry captains in that room mm. and it was good to just hear that slowly they come and say that we need to, you know, educate a bit yeah. more, you know, in, improve the education. Mm. Um, and there was also a representative from TAFE, I recall, from New South Wales that was there as well, which is mm. great. Mm. But for me, I think we need to go a little bit deeper. Mm. Or, a lot of, or rather a little bit earlier. Mm. Instead of going TAFE and university, we mm. should go be going to the high schools. No, I agree. And dare I say it, primary schools. Mm. Because, you know, one of the jokes I always, you know, have fun with my guys, I said, I've, you know, you've heard kids go in the front of the class mm. telling everyone that they want to be a fire engine driver, mm. a train driver, mm. a truck driver, right? Well, that's closest to what you're going to hear to logistics. Oh, no one's going to stand in front and say, well, I want to be a freight forward. No. no they, look, look, you're spot on. It's really – it's a, it's an unknown industry yeah. really. And look, as terrible as the last couple of years have been with the pandemic and the supply chain issues, the only – probably the only good thing about it is it's put us on the map yeah. to a degree. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had a lot of media coverage um, – um, over the supply chain issues, and now and things that people take for granted, um, they're now they're now thinking, well, how do things get onto our shelves? Exactly. And how do things get come in and out of the country? And to be honest, it's a miracle that it does. Um, <laughs> but, but it's only, it's really only achieved just because of the professionals like yourselves yeah. and 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 others in the industry. What you do to navigate through these crazy processes that we've still got, whether yeah. it's, you know, moving containers off the wharf through to, you know, even dealing with our regulatory agencies, yeah. it's 
bloody hard work. Yeah. Um, and, and it is a real professional service yeah. that makes it all happen. Yeah. It's a big challenge to try and translate that into getting people to, kids to want to be um, in this industry. But it's something I, I think I, I agree. It needs to get started at high school. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's something that we, we're actually talking to a couple of different entities about, you know, some possibilities of going down that path, but not easy and not easy to do it without some significant funding as well. Yeah. So there needs to be some form of, I guess, again, what you do through your advocacy, through your representing uh, the industry, you know, start from the younger talent to create that robust, tighter group of professionals Mm. so that we can keep away the riffraffs. Um, that ultimately strips away mm. at the very essence what it is to be a, um, a freight guy. Yeah, look, um, you know, we talked about it earlier, you know, that like we used to have the situation where your apprenticeship into the industry would be like what I said, what happened to me. You'd be a runner. Yeah. You'd just be purely handling, but even handling the documents, you became familiar with them and, and there was a succession plan and then if you had a bit of, now it's about you, you would become a compiler and start assisting the licence broker and, and there was a succession plan. Yes. We've, um, we've lost a lot of that. Mm. Um, so, again, technology sort of has worked against us there because we've got electronic delivery That's orders right. and all the rest of it. And then a lot of the um, data entry type work that was a part of that apprenticeship is now either being done offshore or even being done by by bots, and and, and I yeah. don't really understand how they work, but <laughs> somehow um, somehow they they can automate that function. Yeah. So even the offshoring is now becoming redundant yeah. to a large degree with the likes of technology that's overtaken that. All great, all creates efficiency, means you can do the work at a lower price, but we have lost that traditional layer. Um, what we need to do now is sort of reinvent, and what's the new apprenticeships going forward? And it'd be even interesting, like even from your business operations, like how you've been able to, well, to manage that. You know, you know. Uh, again, then we we are going to chase this rabbit all the way into the hole. Yeah, and we're going to be here for for for, for, for weeks, um, Paul, because this is exactly what I what, what I think about on a, every day. Maybe an anecdotal story here is this: um, prior to COVID, we we've always since 2015 we've always ran an internship program. Mm-hmm both for local uh, uni students mm-hmm. and for overseas uni students. There were mm-hmm. agencies that basically, um, in fact, overseas tertiary education level, um, for them to get their um, degrees, whatever, they mm-hmm. must go overseas for a certain period of time and do an internship in a real-world industry, in a real-world job, and for six months. So we always had spots available for these interns from overseas. So we have folks from Germany, from Netherlands, from mm-hmm. um, from France, you name them, we've had them. Mm-hmm. And and they're just a different, mm. different ball game altogether. Mm. You know, the quality of the people that's coming mm. through. So what we have here is we have what's called an intensive training program for all of our operations people as our industry will know it. Okay. But we don't have a customer service or operations department. Mm. They're combined as one. Mm-hmm. So these folks are not assigned tasks, they're mm. assigned customers. Mm-hmm. But we teach them all of the building blocks for them to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Did, did you want to have a guess? How, what was the quickest that we were able to cram the entire freight forwarding process from talking to the customer, getting the order, getting the job booked, moved, clear the shipment and delivered? 
the entire process, what was the quickest time frame we got someone to pick that up? Don't know. You tell me. Two weeks. Yeah, very good. Two weeks. Mm. And his name was Paul Bodenberg, if he's watching or listening. He was a young German guy. Mm-hmm. He literally just finished high school. Mm. He hasn't even started university yet. Mm. And he already had the foresight to come overseas to take an internship. Mm. And I asked him, why are you doing it? He goes, well, that's what I want to do. Mm. But secondly, he, he was already poached mm. by one of the big pharmaceutical companies. Right. The education program in Germany mm. is that these industries like the farmers, mm. the, you, know, the, the, you know, the big farmer, mm. they will go to high schools and look at all the top performers and literally mm. they will sponsor that person's tertiary education yeah. with the career path built into their business. Yeah. That's how they find their future talent. Yeah. And after hearing that story, I'm just sitting back going, geez, mm. where do we start? Yeah. How do we start it? Yeah. Right? And it took this guy literally two weeks, mm. which I can assure you, Paul, I've met people in, my, in the industry through my days mm. that has been it for 10 years, mm. wouldn't have done all what he has done in two weeks. Yeah. This is the disparity and this mm. is the issue. Mm. Like, you know, again, Paul, this is my favorite subject to talk about. Sure. I, I, I love this industry and your advocacy is really what, you know, I feel is, has to be fundamental to and it fits in like a beautiful Tetris game. You know, yeah. it, it has to, everything fit in together. Yeah. How do you feel about the current, um, 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 the tertiary educational slash syllabus for supply chain professionals? Yeah, look, it's, you know, we've had the, well, the, the traditional area which we talked about has been the, the licensed customs broker. So we've got a diploma uh, situation for them. Yeah. There is a diploma for international freight forwarding. Yes. And, but again, unfortunately, the the mindset I think in Australia, as compared to other parts of the world, again, is, it comes down to this whole professionalism. Yeah. So people do the diploma in customs broking because they want to get a customs broker license, That's right. so they can get the salary that comes with it and, right. and the other work. The freight forwarding uh, diploma hasn't had the same type of uptake. Because it's not got that same regard as what it has in, in other parts of the world. Coming back to what attracted you to the industry, the advertisement to travel the world, the freight forwarding diploma should be of interest to young people yeah. because it pot- potentially is their ticket to work in freight forwarding in other parts of the world. They could say, yes, we've worked here in Australia and I've, right. I've used this software product and I've done this and that. But unless they've got that, that bit of... Um, paper behind them and the discipline that goes with it, yeah. um, you know, we, we're probably lacking a bit there. But I think, again, we're talking to providers and looking at the concept of from school through to these diploma qualifications that exist now through to higher education again. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned uh, WiseTech before too. Yeah. Um, I know we've had some personal dealings with Richard White uh, yeah. from, yeah. from WiseTech. Yeah. He's passionate about training, whether it's training in the tech area, yeah. but it's also where he's, you know, he's a very wealthy man and he's committed a lot of his personal funds to, to training in this area. Yeah. But he's also doing it in the industry too. He's commenced now and developed... Uh, put it together a team to do the Wise Tech Academy, right. um, which is doing all the compliance stuff around DGs and all of that, yes. but also doing the customs brokers diploma, the freight forwarding diploma, and will ultimately look to have that interface with universities. Yes. Um, now, ideally, you're going to get other training institutions as well look at that, compete with that, and and like with anything, competition is what really drives 
innovation. The best, yeah. Um, yeah. And we need we need competition in that space. But right. to the credit of the WiseTech and the Academy, they're taking a lead uh, in that space, right. and we're working quite closely with them on. Um, on a lot of different initiatives, and the big bonus that they've got too is that they've got a bit more wealth than FTA to be to perhaps drive some of these things. Yeah, well, I, I remember when WiseTech was a much smaller company when I first joined the industry in the in, in the late nineties, mm. and I recall back then there were there were a lot more collaborative because they were getting the smarts. They used to send teams into the freight forwarding operations department, and I remember there used to be a WiseTech person. They used to sit next to the operator, literally writing down pen and paper, yeah. you know, what you like, what you don't like, what would you like to see back when they were still trying to carve up, you know, and an and, and understanding of what it is, yeah. how, how, how things should function, you know. So yeah. I've definitely seen them sort of, you know, go, go um, from where they were to now, which is a huge success story for an Australian tech company. And it's things like that that inspires me, you know, because yeah. this is where we need to be, you yeah. know. Um, um, it needs to still come from not just in the tech area, but from every area. Yeah. You know, you're not going to develop good tech if you're not passionate about logistics. Yeah. How do we get that inject that passion yeah. into logistics? Oh, look, and look, like you said, it might be the, the you know the paradigm. You know, as as the industry changes and, like you said, it moves away from glorified data entry yeah. to the need to bring in smart people who are given the opportunity to innovate yeah. and to come to you and go, La, yeah. why are we doing this? Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and I think, um, you know, but that will – and again, maybe that's where the the um, the smaller forwarding companies yeah. have that ability to pivot, as you said, yeah. and actually be innovative rather than just being a factory. Need help with your next shipment? Feel free to visit our website at www.tgl.co to book an obligation-free consultation. You can also check out the video for this episode on our YouTube channel. And while you're at it, add us on Instagram at tgl underscore global or LinkedIn and Facebook by searching Think Global Logistics. Thank you for listening.